that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another special edition of the Race Hour from Cheltenham 2020. It's Dean Ryan here with Dermot Nolan, all of course brought to you in association with bookmakers.co.uk and Bet Victor. Um, Demo, how are you? Because that was a pretty tumultuous day at the Cheltenham Festival. It was, it was, it was. It was a bad day now for myself. Um, Nella Indo was uh, particularly hard to take. I was basically celebrating him up the run in. But look, brilliant days racing. A um, few favourites turned over. Uh, as I finished up a few of our certainties, but Envy Allen would definitely put a smile on anyone's face. It was an yeah. amazing performance. Let's get stuck into the day as it went and as it was. Uh, Envoy Allen getting it done at 7-4 favourite, 7-4 on favourite, I should say, in the 130. The Ballymore, easy work in second, I thought, ran out of his skin to get as close as he did. And the big getaway put in a big round for Willie Mullins. Yeah, absolutely huge, but uh, it was just, he could have won by anything that he really wants. He's just, he's not that kind of horse, really. Uh, he just kind of wins, um, and kind of stops himself, really. He, he's just that good. We've no idea how good he is, but just the way he travelled, just the way Davey kept him away from everything else to make sure that he was going to win, uh, he's just a very, very special horse. Yeah, I got the impression that Davey felt he had so much. He could go wide, he could come round everything because he just didn't want anything to go wrong that wasn't in his control. Everything that was in his control was that he had the best horse. That's it, exactly. And he just rolled it simply and uh, got the job done, but just then by Allen, you know, at the end of his hands and heels, up the running and he... He absolutely scooted away from two good horses. Yeah, it's very early to decide what they're going to do with Envoy Allen for next season and he'd probably run again this year, I'd say. He doesn't take a lot out of himself because he doesn't go and put in those monster, monster, 30-length, hard-on-himself performances. Um, I guess he's going chasing next year. He'll be going chasing next year, yeah. He's a Gold Cup horse, they think, anyway. Yeah. So um, I don't think any... He, he just strikes me as one of those horses that you could put him in any race or anything else and he'd be absolutely flying and that was just a brilliant performance. At that point, I guess the bookmakers were a little bit shuddering because because there were a good few favourites to come. But let's move on to the RSA at 210. Um, we all know that your one of your best bets at the festival was Manella Indo. Alaho actually went off favourite. Can you believe yeah. that? Five to two, such was the confidence in it. And it was Alaho and Manella Indo who went off hard from the front. They went off very hard. I mean, this is a tactic that does work at Cheltenham. Obviously, we've seen it with Mike Bite before and uh, a Native River. So they were clearly just trying to echo that. The two of them were in eyeing each other up a long way out mm. um, but they had the race between them jumping the last they were focused on each other um, Manel Indo kind of half kind of drifted off his line but he just he, he was past Alaho but neither of them saw Champ coming which was Look, as sore as it was, and as um, as much as I was very disappointed, it was an unbelievable performance. And you just have to look at Champ and say, the horse didn't really jump that well at all. His landing gear just doesn't really come out. But to put up a performance like that after everything he did wrong, Champ is a machine. He clipped plenty. He was awkward over a few. I think I counted seven kind of you know reasonable mistakes. You know, per certainly not perfect jumps, and. Um, like when they came over the last, you're only looking at two horses and then suddenly there's this aeroplane kicking. The engine that Champ has is pretty spectacular. Um, he must be a horse for a Gold Cup, but they have to improve jumping to win a Gold Cup, don't they? But maybe they will. Yeah, maybe. Like, like just his landing gear is coming out now, so they obviously have worked an awful lot on him. Like his mm. jumping is still such an issue. Like I'm not sure I could ever actually back the horse. 
Um, but my good God, what a performance that was. Um, yeah, just kind of still still dumbfounded by it all, really, uh, as to how a horse can manage to do that. Now, the front two stopped as well. The- well, Manila Indo was behind, got in front went behind again and yeah. it was almost like the horse went oh no I've got more and went yeah. ahead again and, then, and no one saw Champ and then when Champ came past him he kind of ran on again as well yeah, so like nothing you could do then I'm not sure what Manello yeah he, he kind of seemed to just idle a small bit um, which I hate giving any excuse but again just the way Champ flew by him you're not sure if there was another mile in that race, would Indo have got back past him? It was just uh, Barry Garrity, like, what a jockey. What a week he is having. And Champ there, one of those, a touch of the Wichita Lyman's about it, as yeah. a lot of people have been talking about. I don't know what price he hit him running, but it was big, I would imagine. And plenty of people willing to take him on, including us, Damon. We have to eat a little bit of humble pie about his table jumping. I think he still jumped like a table, but he still won. Yeah. <laughs> so that shows you the engine. Uh, fair play to everyone involved, and Barry Garrity and Nicky Henderson, of course. Um, it was the Barry show again, and with this horse that of course they went to the BHA handicapper to get a couple of pounds back I think they might have just about needed those couple of pounds as well to get the better of black tears uh, those days are gone for Charles Burns and Crack and Smart who got a little bit left at the start but ran on for a place in that Coral Cup but it was Dam de Company that was the winner Dama yeah Dam de Company looked really good performance she was actually scratchy her jumping was as well at times uh so whilst she only won by two and, a, two and a half lengths, she was probably valued for more, really. Uh, I'm not sure they, they needed to go to the panel to get those pounds off, really, in the end. She was a very good winner, has course experience. She probably was the obvious one, really, but I just thought she was very short. But look, she proved it all wrong, and she's um, absolutely brilliant again under the impeccable... Barry Garrity. Yeah, again, we'll just echo again what a week um, he has been having so far. So at this point, the bookmakers are starting to shudder. Um, I did see uh, Binners in the uh, in the Arkle Bar at one point, and he told me there was a shudder starting to go through the bookmakers. Um, it, we came up to the Queen Mother, and of course, it was a bit well, it was a race of the ages that turned into a race for Plumpton on a Tuesday, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, now, I don't want to take away from the winner. Politologue is is a worthy winner of a champion chase, having gone to war many, many times with the best in the division. But what happened to Deffy Desoy? No idea. Uh, to me, it just looks like, and I was talking to Stephen Cass about this in the bar, it just looks like Hobbs' horses, because Sporting and John went out like a light as well. Not even mentioned, really. Yeah, there, there, there just could be something there, because Deffy decided there wasn't one point in the race where Barry Garrett, he wasn't working at him, and he was very soft on him once the chance was gone. So I'd say just something didn't feel right under him. Uh, it was very similar with uh, Sporting John. Look, a, a huge win for Harry Skelton as well, the jockey. Like That's by far his biggest win. Uh, Politolo for John Hale. It's just a brilliant story, a really good performance, but has probably the worst champion chase I've ever seen anyway. Yeah, it, was, it ends up being pretty poor on quality. You've got Dynamite Dollars in second. Bundoran, who ran a massive race to finish in third place, and well done to them. They picked up some lovely prize money. Um, but, I mean, if you read the, the result back on the Racing Post, um, it's Politolo, Dynamite Dollars, Bundoran, and then it says five round, non-runner, Altior, Chacuan, Poursois. Definitely doesn't get a mention, but what might have been? Well, yeah, what might have been with that race? And the problem was they actually scared everyone off, the three of them, and then two of them don't end up running, so you have a small field, and the whole thing was just an absolute disaster, really. And, look, it's... Uh, brilliant win for Paul Nichols uh, he's delivered this horse now to, to many a festival and he keeps running his races this horse does deserve a big win there's absolutely no doubt but I just you just couldn't have him Dynamite Dollars would be interesting in stepping up uh, next year of course plenty more um Petrol in the tank for that one at some point, you'd think. But Politolo gets his day in the sun at Cheltenham. Um, Upcoming up after that, of course, was the Glen Farkless cross-country chase. And Tiger Roll went off pretty short in the end, 11-8 to eight on favourite. Um, I mean, you've already caught up with, with Keith 
about how he ran. Of course, the winner was Easy's Land. You have to be careful on how you say that. And out Sam running in third. Um, looked like maybe the ground and just meeting a very good horse over those fences on the day. Just caught Tiger Roll out a little bit light on maybe peak condition. Yeah, no, uh, Key was just saying after the race, absolutely thrilled with him. He jumped and travelled as well as he always does. He just flattened out on the ground, but he was a pains to say that, look, he bumped into what is a very, very good horse. You can see yeah. why McMahon has bought him mm. and um, a serious performance and just Tiger just couldn't catch him and he just emptied at the end. He's absolutely fine though. He's heading to Aintree hopefully still and um, yeah, it, it's just one of those things. Obviously, they're all disappointed, but Tiger all ran his absolute heart out and arguably it's still a decent prep for a Grand National poor old Mike Bike didn't look too comfortable going around there a couple no. of times he, he came back on the bridle but I think uh, Nico might have enjoyed himself at parts and said yeah he finished seventh in the end so he he did run on, but uh, I'd say now Mike Bite is closer to the retirement home than he is to uh, winning a cross-country. Oh, fair enough. I think that's that's very fair. So at this point now, the bookmakers are absolutely in clover, aren't they? They've managed to get Deffy not even spotted. And Tiger Roll, of course, beaten in that cross-country when you know many, many people remember how well he won last year. He'll be back in the Grand National is still uh, the plan. So it seems like there's no issues there. If it was a good day already for JP McManus, it was only to get better. And uh, we have to give a big shout out to David Jen don't we for oh, his uh, for his Amazing. race hour preview night nap if you'd have watched that of course on YouTube or on bookmakers.co.uk um, he was all over Aramax and this is a good few weeks out when the price is already incinerated to like 5 to 1 he said that he thought it was still value a group horse masquerading in a handicap and it did turn out that way a little bit he actually drifted to a big price on the day and it was clipped back in late on into 15 to 2 yeah uh, he won very well um, obviously you're not sure about the strength Oh, that Fred Winter, but you actually watch it, he wins a lot more snugly than the uh, the finishing distance will actually say. So he's uh, clearly a very good horse, a great ride for Mark Walsh, who uh, will have needed that. And um, big, big win for them all involved, and another win for Gordon Elliott, who's all, all of his horses seem to pretty much just They're be fine, running there. Very well. Really, really well. Black Tears earlier on, on the day as well ran an absolute screamer. So yeah. Gordon's horses are very easy to row in behind, and just Aramax, yeah, he does. He looks very good. He does. Night Edition was second. Saint Daru in the Menier Colours was in third. And Recent Revelations back in fourth. I was uh, pinching myself too out thinking Galahad Quest was going to go through with his effort. But just maybe did a bit too much too soon in that contest. Hopefully uh, he still has the career. I think he will have going forward for Nick Williams. Uh, then we came to the bumper. Uh, appreciate it had been all the rage for this in the build-up. Of course, that back form looked very, very strong going into the bumper. But you always get lots of good horses in here. Damo and Fernie Hollow for Chibi Park. They bookended the card actually and they had the winner of this of course last year with Envoy Island um, Fernie Hollow 11-1 and finally Willie Mullins and Paul Townend are on the board at the Cheltenham Festival 2020 yeah and a 1-2 for Willie obviously uh, appreciated look the winner turning in I'd say a lot of people trying to get out after a few favourites losing yeah. were, thought, thought they were in uh, Paddy looked to be pulling double but yeah Paul gave Fernie Hollow an absolute peach of a ride from pretty much the back of the field um, that would have done Paul Townend the absolute world of good the one thing to note is that Thursdays are generally William Mullins' day, so he, he could well have an absolute peach of a day tomorrow. He could do, and that would just kind of set the, the nerves in place, won't it? With the likes of Min and things like that coming up uh, tomorrow for the Mullins and Townend crew. And of course, he's got plenty of other runners as well. Uh, unfortunate for favourite backers and certainly the Acker backers on the day who would have all had a, a, you know, a bit of a hard time of it, I think. Uh, we should just mention Queensbrook ran on in third place in that bumper. Nice horses to go forward. I did hear quotes around 16 to 1 for Fernie Hollow to be the supreme uh, novice winner next season but remember M4 Allen won this and went for the Ballymore to 
bet responsibly. Uh, you are listening to the race hour, of course, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk and Bet Victor. When we come back, we did catch up with Stephen Cass, of course, regular on the podcast. He will be coming up next after these few messages. And then we'll be back to look at day three of Cheltenham 2020. Hey, Harry. Hello, mate. Put on something upbeat. Oh, I'm useless with music, mate. But if you want to play something exciting, your best bet is to get yourself on that Bet Victor site and check out my new slots game, Harry's Reels. A moustache, mate. I've got to pick up the dinner. Search online for Bet Victor's latest offers. 18 plus. Please gamble responsibly. BeGambleAware.org. Hello, it's Dean Ryan from the Race Hour here. Day two of the Cheltenham Festival 2020. Uh, Stephen Cass, a regular on the Race Hour podcast, of course, brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and that Victor has joined me. Uh, Stephen, we're all looking forward now to day three of the festival. Uh, I do believe you have a, uh, a good thing, hopefully. Yeah, it's definitely not a good thing, but uh, I fancy one horse tomorrow. Every other day of the festival, I fancy three or four every day, but I'm going to have one good bet tomorrow on 2A per me. Uh, the time of the qualifier in Leopardstown was apparently off the scale. This fella finished fourth. Everyone's talking about the storyteller who finished sixth. The storyteller is off 149 here. He's rated about 155. Tui Permi is running off 137 or something, I guess. He's actually rated 155 as well. And a seven pound claimer. He's effectively running off his Irish mark at 129 here. Um, he looks thrown in. A uh, bit of soft ground. Hopefully, he'll say tacky. He loved that. I think he's a big price and hopefully, he'll give Noel Mead a winner. Okay, Tui Permi in the attempts for Stephen Cass. Uh, must mention the stairs ahead or nothing can beat Paisley, can it? Yeah, of course I can. Something beat Deffy. Like, Paisley Park wasn't exactly a superstar all his whole life. These horses have in and out days. I'd be looking to take him on a little bit. I don't like Emma Tom. I think he's a bit of a... bit of a, He's got, got a bit of an attitude problem now. I'm not sure that'll come to the fore tomorrow, but I suspect it will at Cheltenham. Uh, I don't know what'll beat him. Maybe Somerville Boy, maybe take a chance on um, Ronald Pump, who ran a really good time at Leopardstown. Uh, but I don't know what'll beat him, but definitely, yeah, he could be beaten. Of course he could. Okay, so Paisley Park could be beaten. We'll find out what happens in the stairs hurdle tomorrow but 2A per me in the Potemps is the one for Stephen Cass uh, thank you very much thanks lads don't delay head over to bookmakers.co.uk today Okay, and welcome back to the race hour brought to you with bookmakers.co.uk and Bet Victor for the Cheltenham Festival 2020. Uh, thanks there to Stephen Cass, who joined us at the festival today to give us a tip for the Potemps, no less, picking one of the trickiest races on the card. Uh, good man. Hopefully that goes very well for him. Um, okay, Demo, let's get stuck into day three. Um, you know, Cheltenham will tame lions, and it has been doing that to plenty of people so far this week. Uh, we do kick off the meeting with the Marsh. Uh, we don't often agree, but I know we both like Melon in the run-up to the festival. Uh, are you going to change your mind at this point? Uh, no. The early, the, the early money in this market is absolutely fascinating. Um, Sam Crow's just gone down from sixes into fours. He's now the favourite with Bet Victor. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, Itchy Feed is second favourite. Faheen is five to one. And Mellon has gone to complete walkies from... Si- walkies, from walkabout. <laughs> from... Uh, from about seven to one, and he's now twelve to one, which is a massive price. That still seems like a very backable price to me. There should be nothing wrong with Mellon. His Cheltenham back form tells you he generally runs well here, regardless of what he's been doing all season. Hundred percent. You, you uh, like I, obviously Paddy Mullins an absolutely brilliant jockey. Gave Sharjah Peach. Paddy is up, yeah. Yeah, I'd love Paul Townend to be on just because him and Mellon are kind of a match made in heaven, really. But obviously Paddy rides all his horses home, so. It's no big deal. Well, but Paul's going to find it very tough to get off the... Oh, you couldn't get off Faheen. Faheen like. Yeah, Faheen. And the thing is, Faheen can win this. Like Definitely. Just because he's 12 years old, like 
the talk about him not going to the festival, I, I kind of found it folly, really. Like, this, we can never operate in horse racing that we're afraid of a horse dying. Like, that it just can't be a consideration of ours. Um, and because we are a sport where we race horses. And if anyone doesn't run a horse, regardless of his age, Fahin's after winning two grade ones this season. So to say that they didn't want him to run because it was greedy or whatever else, if the horse is working well, he's beating horses much younger than him all season, so there's no reason for... He's won two go. grade ones, and yeah. if he didn't turn up at the festival, it would be odd. But if he hadn't turned up at the festival, I would have totally understood it if they'd have kept him home. Um, I think it's real sporting of of Susanna and Rich Ritchie and, and Willie to, to bring for him because... You're going to an away game. You're traveling. I know. I know he wants to race, and it seems like the horse tells them when he's ready to run, which is great. Um, I just hope nothing happens. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it will. It to. I don't expect I'd say it now to. the second something half goes around, Paul, Paul will have him well pulled up anyway. Like uh, form wise, he's he's every which way involved in this. Maybe the the the, the flow gas that he won. Probably isn't the strongest. I mean, Easy Game was never really involved there. Uh, Battle of Dying was fourth, but God, he was nearly forty lengths back yeah. and forth. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just hard to know. I, I'd also be concerned that if they go a very quick pace here, how will his jumping hold up? But if Faheen can put it together again like he did at Leopardstown, good God, regardless of us back in Mellon, you'd scream him home. It would, it would be an unbelievable day because the one thing, Dean, that we both noted at Shetland today was it kind of fell flat when Tiger Roll lost. Yes. It was hard to get that. When Deffy was beat and Tiger was beat, you could sense the whole crowd going, I don't know how to do this Yeah, anymore. yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I might have just been picking up on my own emotions after Nelendo, but... That's okay. Yeah, the, um, but Faheen definitely... Um, if he does that like itchy feet he's it's a serious race Dama. I mean you look at they've got reserve tank in there who came so good at the end of last spring and like, ground ground will kill him though you would think so and maybe the Tizard horses aren't exactly belting around the no place, he's, he's another trainer you'd be very careful Hobbs of. and Tizard I would be a little bit wary of yeah them. Tizard this happens to Tizard Tizard's horses can go from being really just really strong to just weak all of a sudden and then he'll have an unbelievable entry that's it's what seems to be happening but all of his horses Robbie Power is pumping them early um, yeah. Copperhead uh, Slade House travel into it for a bit but like Copperhead was a no-show that asked that that day when they all run at Ascot probably killed them a small bit as well but just I'd be very careful now back in Tizard horses at the moment um, but again there could just be an explanation for each individual run but could be like Itchy Feed has every chance. I'm just not sure he's good enough, to be honest. Mm. Um, Sam Crow is just very hard to trust him now. Like, Mr. I would have loved to see him in the RSA just behind that front too, but, you know, I'm on my own. <laughs> yeah, you are completely on your own. I'd say, you know, if he's, if he's scoping badly from races at Limerick at Christmas, uh, I don't know how he would have done in that RSA today. I'd say he would have been... It was frenetic. He would have been putting his head, I think. Um, Mr. Fisher... I I still think he should have went to the Arkle to be honest um, I think he would have had a great chance there but just the way Nicky Henderson's horses are going you have to respect them but yeah Mellon for me of all these horses has the most upside yeah and I think sometimes the market just tells you where you need to go with that back form at Cheltenham and considering how he runs in the build up to that it's not often his best performance it's just come at this track so yeah, and that's yeah. what happens yeah uh, Melon will do me but we'd all love to see for him 100% okay okay yeah. alright that is the marsh and I think it's a really strong race actually really looking forward to that there'll be plenty of Sam Crow fans out there who won't want to let uh, the, you know, the previous Ballymore winner uh, go unbacked um, for Gordon and Davey okay let's move on to the Potemps we did already get uh, a catch up there with Stephen Cass who gave us one in the race he liked Noel Mead's 2A per me who will be ridden by Owen Walsh taking off a handy uh, £7 I think he's also booked him later on actually for Snow Falcon so he's getting a couple of interesting rides uh, 
uh, on the card. Uh, Dermo de Potemps, why don't you have a crack at it? Sider Burley, last year's winner, is the top weight. Yeah, look, this is um, obviously, as always, a really, really hard race. Um, McManus is the man this week. All of his horses, are they, they just all seem to be winning. No kidding. Um, it's... It, it's unbelievable, really. Mick Pastor ran very well in that Fred Winter, that Aramax won as well. Like it's just madness. Um, he he's just assembled a really really strong team all of a sudden as well. But Cider Burley for me hasn't been at a whole pile this season. Um, and I just think this is the kind of race now that just screens the Barry Garrity getting into him again. And whilst he's top weight, it's a, quite a compressed handicap anyway. He's only given three pounds. It likes the storyteller who I just think he's a better horse than. And the, like, there's there is nothing really in this race that get that really makes me very excited. Like the other one that Dave Weldon has put up before in this podcast is a great view, and I I will be following him in there on him as well. He's he's ran well at the festival before. The ground will suit Mark Walsh. Um, had a winner today, so that's got, got his winner today. Yeah, and that just helps. Yeah, you know, so he's eighteen to one, and Cider Burley is eight to one. So that would be the approach I'd be going on. But Cider Burley for me, I just think he. He screams an obvious festival winner, but trust me now to find Barry Garrett is probably one losing right of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll follow you in <laughs> finding one of those. I found lots of jockeys. Yeah, <laughs> lots of them. Yeah. So far, uh, there was a horse here I put up on the preview night, and I'm, I'm still going to stick with it. And it's Ollie Murphy, Scandyberg, who I thought won well uh, in in the trial previously, and this one has been going all guns to get the mark he's got in the attempts, which sometimes isn't the way to go. But I do think there's a bit more to come from Scandyberg's very uncommon. And if Mighty Thunder did get in the bottom uh, for Lucinda Russell and Blair Campbell is currently reserved, I will be playing that at big prices. Um, okay, that's the Potemps. Um, my bet of the meeting comes up in the following race, Demo, and uh, we've got a bit of a two-horse race, I guess. And Well, actually, that's really unfair. I'm going to take that back uh, because the likes of Frodo and Riders of the Storm are also in the race. But Aplutard versus Min. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Dean. So to be honest, I'm not... I'm very happy. I to took let, it back because I'm trying to be PC. Yeah, I'm very happy here to let you uh, you take it away here for once, Dean. Why do you fancy me? Um, yeah, well, unfortunately, we didn't get to see Jacques and Poursois today, and that might have told you uh, exactly what kind of level of form Min has been running up to. But I thought he ran really well behind Jacques and Poursois, and I thought Jacques and Poursois, that race in that race was a different animal to the one that Aplutard met. So that's where I'm going to stand. But also, Min's back form at Cheltenham is unreal. Aplutard only won a handicap last time uh, at the Cheltenham Festival, but... Not doubting it's a very good horse for Henry de Bromhead and Rachel Blackmore. I think Min deserves this festival win. I think this is the race. I think they probably should have run in it a couple of times already. And uh, Min will win the Ryanair for Paul Townend. I'm gl so glad they got their winner this evening, um, Paul Townend and Willie Mullins, with Min. And I would make him favourite. That is very fair. I completely agree with all that. Are you going to pass on any other comments on the race at all? No, I completely agree with it. I think it's between the top two. Um... Frodon won a worse Ryanair now if he got into a rhythm obviously could never uh, doubt that that little legend but uh, I, think oh, class. I think Min and April Tard are just better horses and I think it will be between them two yeah. between Paul and Rachel once again and, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah this could be revenge this most certainly could but I think uh, I think Paul Townend and Min will just have too much okay alright that is the Ryanair um, I should just maybe give a quick mention to Riders on the Storm because we saw Copperhead kind of flatten out after that run on that day at Ascot where you said maybe the form should be thrown in the bin um, not that they didn't put up good performances that day but Riders on the Storm ran that day and you remember that was really attritional so any supporters of that I would have that in the back of their minds would you? Oh God 100% um, you, you really couldn't put anyone off that but yeah no it's just not for me anyway 
Okay. Okay, I, I love Riders on the Storm. The tenacious nature of him is something that really, uh, like, he actually reminds me of Frodon, and those two might go at it a little bit, Hammer and Tom, but I don't think either of them will be good enough. Okay, onto the stayers. Um, we could spend as long as we want on this trying to find something to beat Paisley Park. Maybe something will beat Paisley Park. Stephen Cass thought he could get beaten, but he didn't know by who, and uh, probably up to the horse. Yeah, the only one now with upside after today is City Island, who beat Champ last year in the bit. Yeah. And to Ballymore. But they've had some um, kind of weird season with Oh, they've had a terrible year over fences. He just didn't take to them at all. Um, this was the clear aim then once they kind of pulled up stumps and realised that it just wasn't going to be this year. Um, they've kind of aimed them at this. And whilst Paisley Park, it's an impossible task really to get him beaten, or at least seemingly so anyway. Uh, City Island is 12 to 1. So he's an each way bet to nothing really. I'd probably back him to win because he'll probably either trouble Paisley Park or finish last. Just, just the way that he's been running. But beating champ in that Ballymore and he did it rather snugly in the end as well um, I think uh, City Island is one who's who could be interesting here what do you make of Bacardi's because Patrick Mullins will ride that and if you remember if you go back a couple of years ago it was right in the mix as they were coming to the um, to the final to the final flight of hurdles and came down um, that would have been a decent stairs hurdle this is a decent stairs hurdle but if you take one horse out of it would Bacardi's be anywhere on the radar I think he'd be my pick to kind of follow Paisley Park home. Yeah, I've never met about the horse. Uh, I don't think he jumps well enough at all. Uh, there's no doubt he's talented, but yeah, just never has been a horse that, that I, I've ever got excited about. I'd, I'd say Penn Hill is probably the main the main Mullins one. Um, and he'd be interesting there for, obviously he's won this race before, uh, but I just think Paisley Park wins, but in the without market and probably a small win bet, I'd be going for City Island. Yeah, Penn Hill, as you say, um, has won here before. It's a dual festival winner, Albert Bartlett and the Stayers. Um, final word in the Stayers goes to Apple's Jade. Might be the last time we see her at Cheltenham. Probably will. Uh, interesting to see how she does. She she will stay this trip. Although Gordon's I, horses are going very well. If Apple's went as well that's as she it, can. That's it. And look, look, she's probably been hunting since as well. So, you know, there will be something in her. But um, you would you just would have to think, though, that uh, her best days are behind her. They could be, but let's hope she does put in a good effort if it is the last time we see her at Cheltenham. Okay, so Paisley Park then, I think we're pretty much agreed, is going to take the world of beating in the stairs. It's going to take a very quick break and then we'll come back and finish off with day three of Cheltenham 2020. You're listening to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-off offers in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk, sponsors of the Race Hour. Okay, and welcome back to the Race Hour. We are previewing day three at Cheltenham 2020. It's Dermot Nolan and Dean Ryan, of course, brought to you with bookmakers.co.uk and Bet Victor. At the 410, straight after the stairs, Dermo is the Brown Advisory and Mary Bell Stable play. I really liked Bella Me de Pictons, but Venetia hasn't even got a runner in the race that she likes to target, which is a shame. I don't know if there's anything wrong there. So I'm going to have to find another horse. I have found one, but you can go first on the plate. Yeah, this is, this is as always, just an absolutely unbelievably... Tough race. Um, I liked Vision Day Flow and I have backed him anti-post, but it's uh, just the way that his horses are running would would worry me. I have backed him, so do you I'll remember the that money run. that came for him last year? Yeah, for the Cora Cup, like when they went smashed. For it, yeah. yeah, so look, he's a very good horse on his day. He has bled once or twice for them as well, so there there is problems with him. But when he does pop, he he's a high class animal, so he's very interesting. Your question is the tizzy form at the moment. That's it exactly. It's only, it's only what is it? Uh, 
we've had 15 races, 16 races so far, sir. Yeah, sim- simply the bets is is obviously interesting. Um, that form uh, beating Imperial Aura was frank so well because that Imperial Aura won that race quite easily. I thought watching Against it back Galvin, last yeah. night. Yeah, yeah. So that form is obviously very very strong. It's just he's seven to two now, which is with Bet Victor, which is very very short. Um, the one who would interest me here a small bit is, um, and I've, I'd imagine I'm stealing your thunder, is Blazer. Hey, uh, no, steal away, it's fine. Yeah, he was uh, just, you know, only ahead behind any second now, who ran very well, obviously, yeah. last time winning. Yeah. Uh, train wreck ran well in that novice uh, chase over a trip, I think, that was just a bit too short for him. And that's a proper race, you know, at the Acorn back in sixth as well. He's he's a very good horse who's extremely well handicapped. So yeah. Blazer travelled that day like the winner. I don't think you actually backed him that day, did you, Dean? Because you were no. kind of sick when you thought he was going to win it. Yeah. Um, he really travelled so well, got into it. And this is the kind of big field now that you just see him landing over over the top of them and yeah he'd be my one he can that. win a big race I think off definitely, this mark definitely. and this may just be the day Mark Walsh will ride it's the JP McManus colours yeah and having those silks on your back seems to be worth about £6 as well so definitely yeah, helps yeah. I don't need to go to the handicap with Blazer either because he's snuck in right down there on 10 stone 12 which is um, which is perfect really it's a monster of a race and if you do find the winner in here big shout out to uh, Sam Boswell who is of course on from Bet, Bet Victor in the uh, build up when we did our preview shows and uh, he did tell us that the owners of Simply the Bets thought that was their best chance of the week. And they've got the likes of Itchy Feet and Scandiberg and other horses running around. So um, it's going to go off pretty short. Um, big shout out to our Marshall ride, Noel Meads, Snow Falcon off top weight. He's got a couple of nice rides um, on the card on day three. And if Gard Le Victoire got in at the bottom, he's 11 years old. I think he might run into a place, but he is a reserve. So you don't know if he's going to get in. No, on to the mayor. Oh, go on. That's an emotion selection idea. Uh, absolutely, but I'm a romantic punter, you know, and sometimes at Cheltenham, you know, it's like Christmas, isn't it? So you, you, you have that extra chocolate out of the box. Uh, let's move on to the... I don't know where that goes. I don't know where that is. Uh, the Mayor's Novices Hurdle, the Grade 2, um, trying to sort out the Willie Mun- Mullins contingent here might be pretty tough, but Rachel Blackmore and, of course, those colours of the uh, Honeysuckle guys um, will be carried by Manila Melody. Yeah, and look, this, this horse has an absolutely huge chance. I, I just... I don't know why, but I'm not mad about this horse. And I'm not either. I wasn't surprised it won at Fairy House, but I didn't. I just thought that race set up perfectly, perfectly that for day. that horse. Yeah. yeah, and like a few of them didn't fire behind. I, I just don't know. And like, she's the right price. She should win this. Really, she could win this. But I'd be, I'd be quite happy here now to, to shirk her. And I thought at fifteen to two, Dulcita for Robbie Power, who's kind of having a bit of a miserable week at the moment on all those his at horses and Jessica's Super Sunday as well. He was pumping away at them early. So we know he's, he's fit. Get rowing, yeah. He's yeah, we know he's fit. He's doing that before the first hurdle and he's yeah. managing to keep it going. So, But uh, Dulcita, if her jumping improves, that run the last day behind Minnell Mendy was really eye-catching because she kept hitting every single hurdle. Mm-hmm. Mark Walsh, but she still travels so well. She wasn't far behind at all. She's only five years old. She is improving. And if she can kick on from that, because that might have just kind of maybe sorted her out a small bit. Dulcita at 15-2 here for me is a big, big person. What price is Cole Reavy with our sponsors, Bet Victor? Seven to one. I think that's very fair. I think she's the the toughest one in the race. Obviously, one of the older ones in the race as well in this group of novices. I think she's been running well all season. And I think she'll be going very well for Paul Townend and Willie Mullins. But you can take your uh, your picks there, and you've definitely got a chance of wide open renewal of that mare's novices. Normally, something from Willie Mullins is a very short price, but it's not this time round. Okay, we move on to the uh, the final race of the day on day three. Dermo, if 
we're trying to get out here, um, I don't want to be looking at your face at the end of the day because that might be quite tricky. Um, the Fluke Warwin Kimyor is the amateur riders race, of course, that finishes the card at 5.30. Um, I've got one in here and I really like Disa Arba for Philip Hobbs, but we are talking about Hobbs's horses and Tizard's horses, maybe just running a little bit below par. If that one doesn't run below par, definitely think it's good enough. And William Billick um, has won amateur races around Chatham before. I think he he's an able, able pilot away from the big, big guns that we all expect people to want to row in, like a cod. Yeah, and look, I've kind of been getting behind uh, Patrick Mullins in the first of Mellon, and I'm... I'll be getting behind him here as well. Okay. I think Fitzhenry is a big chance here. Uh, didn't fire last time in Leperstown behind Glamorgan Duke, but you'd forgive that back over two miles five. He this horse is a real stamina laden horse for me, and like this season now he, he's 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 chased home Chris's dream, um, and then was absolutely so unlucky behind Roaring Bull at yeah. Leperstown. Like just everything that could have went wrong up that run and did and. He, he threw I reckon it, Jerry Hannon put him off, to be he, honest. Probably, yeah. He, he threw it away, really. But again, uh, I was convinced he had a one. Yeah. He'll be a horse who he'll be trapping and he'll be traveling in this. Uh, this race might really suit him. And if he can get into a proper rhythm under Paddy Mullins, I think around 12 to 1 is far too big. Fitz Henry then for you. Okay. Uh, can you pronounce mine for me better than I did? Uh, Disha Abba. That one. Which is, come on, Waterford. Is it really? Yeah. Okay, well, come on, Watford, in the last, in the 5.30, in the Fluke Warwin, uh, Kim Muir. Okay, Demo, well, thanks very much for catching up about day two and looking forward to day three. You've been listening to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with bookmakers.co.uk and Bet Victor. We hope to have Sam on tomorrow from Bet Victor to spin us through exactly how the bookies are playing out against the punters. Thanks also to Stephen Cass, and we'll do it all again tomorrow. Good luck at day three, the Channel Festival 2020. You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk, your best bet for tips, news and bookmaker reviews.